Yes, this is she. This is his mother. Oh, hi. How are you, Miss Davis? You said Orion's doing what? Um, okay, Miss Davis. Uh, Orion is actually right in front of me eating a Pop-Tart. And I'm gonna be real honest with you. Virtual learning is the most. I mean, it. it's literally the most. And he is overwhelmed as am I. So we, we really over here doing the best, the best that we can. I mean, the best. Huh? <laughs> Miss Davis, don't do that. Don't do that. Uh-uh. See, you all in my business. I, I'm gonna need you to get up out of my house, Miss Davis. You, you said what? You know what, Miss Davis? Actually, I'm about to go into a meeting. Uh-huh. Yeah, I'm at I'm at work right. Yeah. Let me let me call you back. Okay. All right. You got these folks thinking I don't know what's going on in my house, just skipping right in front of me to get boy, get your butt in class. Welcome to Poor Mom, an interactive podcast that encourages you to let your hair down and pour yourself a drink while listening to conversations about motherhood that is as real and organic as the chaos around you. Make sure you head over to the Poor Mom YouTube channel to get this week's mocktail or cocktail recipe and have a little story time with me, your host. Tawana Edwards. This week, our drinking game is entitled I Can Relate. The rules are simple. If you can relate to anything said during the show, Take a sip. All right, let the games begin. Twenty twenty was one crazy year, and in this episode, I sat down with my girls Crystal and Ashanti and discussed highs, lows, and all things pandemic, while also making predictions about the future. Will things ever seem normal again? So Crystal is a mompreneur. She owns three businesses, Reliant Liquidations, Reliant Property Preservations, and Reliant Notary Services. Yes. Crystal, what are you drinking on today? Apple Crown Ooh. and pineapple orange juice with a strawberry in it because I was trying to be fancy, but I can't taste the strawberry because it was not ripe enough, but... That's what it is. <laughs> Ashanti, I call her like a superhero mom. She yes, does Lord. it all. She runs businesses. She does hobbies. She takes kids everywhere. Ashanti, what are you drinking on? I am drinking on Minute Maid watermelon juice and some Malibu um, coconut rum. Ooh, that I like good. it. That sounds good. <laughs> you guys are drinking on something way better than me. I just put a little Jose Cuevo and some Simply Lemonade together, threw in some strawberries, made it a little fancy with the strawberries. That I'm, honest, I'm ghetto, so I got the strawberries and the lemonade I got from Del Taco earlier. <laughs> <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with that. 
Nope, sound good to me. Don't do. As long no. as you get the job done, you good. It, it got the job done. It provided just a little bit of sweet in there. So we're talking about the pandemic. Now, I understand, you guys, that the pandemic is pretty much, some people consider it over. I personally think that it's just con- it's continuing. Like, I don't know what this year, this new year that we are about to approach is going to bring. I mean, what are you guys' thoughts on the pandemic? Like, how did you survive? I can't personally say I have survived because I'm still in it. Yeah, I'm very much still very present in this pandemic and struggling every day. <laughs> and ditto. <laughs> Who did you guys quarantine with? Uh, my husband and my three daughters and my dog. And what about you, Ashanti? My three children, my three dogs, Ooh. and my sweetheart. <laughs> And yourself, Miss Miss P. You know, I quarantined with my kids, and my mother didn't understand social distancing, so she was over here every weekend. So I'm gonna say I quarantined with her a little bit too. Wait a minute, now. <laughs> wait a minute. Hughes was my mother's an essential worker, and I would let her in when she was with toilet paper. But other than that, I'm like, you okay, you're not bringing me nothing. I think the hardest part during this quarantine was like the, the paper roll, the toilet paper and paper towel stuff for my parents because they're in their 80s. Yeah. They couldn't go back and forth to the store like everybody else. So I had to stand in the lines, get that toilet paper and stuff and send it to them so they wouldn't have to go to the store. And then, you know, my mama got the nerve to try to be booty. Why are you saying angel soft? I like Charmin. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> I paid 60 bucks to send you a 20, like a $17 pack of tissue and you talking about some Charmin? Right. You better wipe your ass and be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> Next time, just buy your a bidet. I mean, at this point, I ain't got that was my bidet. thought. <laughs> I, that was my thought initially, like when the whole toilet paper situation happened and there was none anywhere to be found and police were getting called on people because I was standing in line and I just needed some toilet paper. Yeah. Okay, tell still that thing. Why you okay, got, yeah, you're going to have to tell the story that. about the police now. Yeah, yeah so oh, toilet paper? Okay. Yeah, so basically my neighbor down the street, she comes and she calls me. She's like, girl, you know... You can't find toilet paper anyway. At the time, I had some, but not a whole lot. And I wasn't really thinking about it. Like, oh, I didn't go get toilet paper. Because I still don't know what the correlation between COVID and toilet paper is. I don't know. So I was like, okay, well, girl, she was like, yeah, somebody posted something online and on Facebook. And this store over here is like a warehouse store. They have like bulk items and they got a lot of toilet paper. So we're going to go over there. And stand in line and go in there and get the toilet. Hey, well, let's go, girl. And it was like 6 30 in the morning. We get in the car, drive over there, and the line is wrapped around the parking lot through oh. another parking lot. And um, so we stand in line and they refused to open the door because they were they didn't want people coming in there and like tearing up the store and storming through and snatching stuff. And and so they refused to open the store. So everybody refused to leave because they're like, you're a public business. Like your hours say you should be open. You need to open the store. They were like, nope, we're not opening the store. You guys need to leave. We're not opening. So we stayed 
till the popos came. They called the police on us because we was not leaving. She said, give me my shit paper or else. Right. Exactly. <laughs> we, we even suggested, you know, just letting a couple people in at a time, two or three people, let them get what they need, let them come out, let the next set of people go in. They said, no. Right. No. And we're not opening. I don't know who posts that. We don't have anything. You don't have anything. We just saw a truck come through the parking lot. <laughs> Y'all unloading stuff as we sit here. Now that was but, selfish. So they called the police on us and the police came and they were like, Y'all need to leave. They're not going to open. We don't care. Get the hell off this property. Or we're going to put you in the back of the squad car and take you down to the station for trespass. So you ain't getting no paper. Yeah. Yeah, you still ain't going to get no paper. Okay. So, uh, yeah, <laughs> we got on in the car and left. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I, I'm still confused about the whole toilet paper and COVID. I don't know what that it, is. It really did. And paper towels. And, and paper towels. Yeah. And yeah. you still can't, you know, it's still like get there early in order to, to get the stuff mm-hmm. because you still can't get it. I mean, let me tell you, when I see it, I be I hoard it like, oh my God. And I'm just doing it because they're doing it. And I really yeah. don't have a logical reason. I just yeah. feel like I cannot not wipe my ass. So don't either. It's not going to happen. It's safe to say that my girls and I all struggled during Toilet Paper Gate so much that even one of us almost went to jail. Come 2021, we'll be under a new administration. Thank the thank the heavens. I don't care who anybody voted for. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I mean, praise dances have broken out. Necessary. <laughs> he had to go. So, okay. Do you think that Biden, I mean, Biden is already talking good things to me. Canceling student debt is going to be like absolutely the best thing that could ever happen to this person's life. But do you think that he is going to be able to get this COVID under control? I don't think it's going to go away, but I really want to know. You think he's going to be able to do something to get us under control? I think just like when Obama came into office, he was handed a shit pile. Yes. And as you can see, the last four years have been a shit pile. So he's going to get a shit pile, (laughs) period. But is he going to be able to uh, just like make this big difference? No, because he's going to have to clean up all this crap that Trump did. He's going to have to, you know, clean up this mess. And, you know, everybody who's left from the Trump administration in the White House is going to give him such a hard time Yeah, this transition. It's going to be a lot of pushback. It's going to be so much pushback. So you, we we pretty much got to hurry up and wait. <laughs> What's the one thing that he could do that at least make you feel like, all right, we moving in the right direction at least? Because I feel like with Trump, only thing we've been doing was just swimming backwards at a fast pace, just going. I mean, I felt like I was in 1960 South all Four years, you know what I mean? So what could Biden at least do to make us feel like, all right, we made the right choice? Well, I feel like he could address, I mean, at least address racial injustice. Like, I don't understand. We don't, our president today 
Well, the guy that's in the White House, I'm going to call him that. Yeah, he's not a president. He has not ever even addressed the issue. And as far as I'm concerned, he has continually perpetuated it. Like he did. He did the whole four years. In the fire. That's all it has been from him. And so he he will never admit that that's a that's a that is a thing because he's part of that thing. He's never going to admit that. And so at least acknowledging it is one thing that he could do and say definitely I see it. It does exist, and we need to work on that. He needs to start with that because that's why we put him in there. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree. I, agree. And I think. I think with him choosing Kamala as his vice president kind of was a little bit of an acknowledgement because he put black women in the forefront of the White House who I never thought I would see a black woman in the White House in that position, period, let alone a black man. Yep. You know what I'm saying? So for him to choose her as his vice president, I'm not going to say that was... uh, you know, something that put me over to vote for him. I'm saying that was a positive step. Yeah. But yeah. do you feel like that was strategic or do you think that was... I feel like it was totally strategic. Yeah. He needed that I, to get, to the, get black the black vote. And so that's what worries me most. That's what worries me most is that it was more a strategy to get him in there. It was. It's what he really wanted to do. Absolutely. So, and then that's why I don't, I'm not putting all my eggs in his basket. I just no, cannot. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is, even though it might have been strategic, and I might be putting too much weight on her, yeah. my expectations, not for him, but for her as a vice president, to um, make sure he stays the course when it comes to racial injustice, when it comes to you know, police brutality. My expectation for her as a black woman is to make sure that is one of the issues that is in the forefront of that administration. If she it falls to the wayside, okay, why are you there? You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. Kamala is his accountability partner. Absolutely. him on track to all of the things that he said that he was going to do and the things that he stood on. That's right. That's that's our expectation. Right. However. Yeah. And and God forgive me if I'm wrong for saying that. My view of a president is someone who is the mouthpiece of the Congress. They're going, the Congress is going, they're the ones who really run the country. Yeah. He's the spoke person. Right. But he has the power to, I, I'm gonna cancel this shit. I'm gonna go this way. Yep. Let's see what happens because the first year of his presidency, that's gonna speak volumes, and that's gonna see what the course is, what he's going to plan going forward. Now, if she goes along with some bullshit, you know, uh, to me, it's like y'all. I, I just want to wait and see what happens. I, I, I'm not. Um, to me, he was the lesser of two evils. Yeah, exactly. He yes, exactly. exactly. I just hope that he makes some smart decisions in terms of our economy and realizing that even if we temporarily shut down for two weeks, we are not going to be that impacted by a two week shutdown. If COVID wasn't enough with minimum distractions from everyday life, the world watched 
as social injustice ignited the flame for equality following the death of George Floyd. Regardless of what side of the fence you fall on politically, I think it's safe to say the whole world could use a little healing. You guys, okay, so honestly, let me just be real. I no longer, now y'all know I like to dress. So wearing my work clothes is like something I love to do. I don't have a separation anymore between work clothes and pajamas at this point. Like it's just all loungewear because the only thing I'm doing is rolling out of bed, throwing some water on my face, brushing my teeth and sitting at this desk all day. So how are like, what is your guys' work-life balance? Cause I have none. The scales are not balanced. It's just like life. I don't have, it's, I, I can't find it. I don't know. I don't even know where my work clothes at at this point. I'm trying to figure out what exactly work-life balance is. It used to be like the separation of going to work and then coming home and what you do with your kids and what you do as a family. But now that I am uh, an employee, a teacher, I'm not an assistant teacher. I am the teacher. She assisted me with her little one hour. She donating day. Um, you, I just, I'm like, I'm going crazy because I'm like, there's no place to go. Okay. I sit in my garage after I just go to McDonald's just to get anything or go to just up the street just to go. And then I come in the garage and I'm just like, I can't go in the house. I just don't have it in me. I just need a moment. So what has it been like for you guys with your kids at home, you at home, Everything is is at home. You know, initially it was we all gonna be in the house. Like we just gonna be in here. I'll be in this office. You'll be in your room. We got our own little area set up for school. Um, you know, in your mind it's like okay, such and such a time we gonna come out. We gonna have lunch. We gonna go back to class, and I'm gonna go back to work gonna be over at three o'clock we can come back together none of that ever ever happened <laughs> never never ever happened um and i got to the point where i ain't gonna lie i'm gonna keep it as real as i can with y'all please do it on a daily basis i'm away my turn go ahead from wine to wine coolers, to mixed drinks. I even went as far as to start taking CBD because my nerves were shot. <laughs> to hell. They was gone, y'all. They was they was completely gone. And so I'm like, okay, something has to get. I took a painting. I just started doing other types of crafting activities. Uh, I'm now doing shirts. Uh, yes. I just bought a cricket machine. I'm shirts. doing glasses, uh, personalized glasses. I mean, I'm doing whatever I can to keep my sanity. Yeah. And actually, it came to a point where I said, it's not working. I can't be drinking every day. I don't want to be an alcoholic. I'm gaining weight because all I'm doing is sitting in this room eating snacks and drinking drinks all day until I get out of here and then I go and eat dinner. I, I can't do it. I eventually did have to put my son 
Maxwell back into activities. Like it just was a must. He is that kid. They have to burn energy. They need to burn that energy. He cannot be in this house every day because he is the one that breaks me down the most. (laughs) With him, he has to be active. I had to eventually, I did. I had to put him back in football. And and I'm not going to say that I don't care about his health. I absolutely care about everybody's health in this house. But mental health is very important. And it was a breakdown for all of us, okay? And yes, initially it was, uh, you know, well, we're going to stay over here to ourselves. You go to practice, you got to wear a mask, you put your gloves on and all that. But thankfully, he is on a team that... You know, everybody is on the same page as far as quarantine and social distancing. We all agree to the same types of, you know, we got a kids need hand sanitizer. We need to spray them down. We need to come. We can't be going all kinds of places. We can't have everybody around us. We got to stick to ourselves. So we we do that. And, And it has been a godsend because that is the only thing that has kept me from losing my whole entire mind throughout this last two, three months. It gets me out the house. I'm at the park. I'm enjoying nature, getting some fresh air, getting some vitamin D from the sun. And it'd be cold as hell because that sun go down and it's cold outside. But it's better than being cooped up in this house, ready to go off. I just started cussing at my kids. They, they even yes. laughed at me because of the things that I say to them. Girl. I be off the wall with it. Like, I'm bushing hands to the white meat. Like, I'm over yeah. here talking like Freddie Mac to my kids. like that sometimes, though. It be, they take you there. They take you there. Every day. I get to the take. They do get you there. But listen, it can be there. They walk back and forth. And I'll be like, I'm a bunch of hands to the white meat because you walk past my like I'm, I'm done. Like I'm it'd out of it. Y'all. It'd be like that sometimes. Yes. I'm telling you, this. Now we all. Then we. I'm 41. In all my 41 years, I ain't never had to quarantine or been in one confined space longer than you know me being on punishment because I skipped school or something like yes. that. But even then, I still got to go to school and hang with my friends. Yeah. Now I love y'all, but I gotta see you every day for 24 hours a day for how long? Let me go ahead and sip this here moment yet. Because y'all about to drive me crazy. Now, if I take this wrap off, you're going to see what stress looks like. Okay? <laughs> day in, day out. Day, day in, day, in, day out. out with these same people. Started to appreciate the school, the job, the commute to work. I was doing 88 miles a day and I appreciated the commute to work because my thought was, well, dang, that's how I decompress going. And I decompress coming home. I get prepared mentally. I can get my thoughts together so I can step into my The line is gone. The line is gone. Work life is is like I I work. Okay, so I work with my husband. I don't get no breaks. You understand? You know how many times I done thought, you know, if I if I I kill him, I can't see my kids no more. (laughs) I got I got to make sure that you know. I keep my sanity because if I if I can't I can't do jail time. You know what I'm saying? Like, yep. and I'm sure he feel the same way. It ain't just I know I get on his nerves. I'm a I'm a I'm a bit much. You understand? <laughs> so I know it ain't just me. Yeah, I know it ain't. I know there's times when he'd be like, "Bitch, I'll roll you up in the carpet right now." You know what I'm saying? 
Exactly. I know it. It, it ain't just me. He dealing with the same thing. And then on top of that, you got to figure out what you're going to do with your kids. How you going to keep them entertained? How you going to make sure you pay attention to their emotional cues to make sure they're not being mentally affected by this. Make sure yeah. that they still, you know, have that outlet where they can go run and jump and, and burn that energy and make sure they're not depressed. Because even though like Bria, she's six, about to be seven. I watch her like a hawk. Yeah. I'm constantly, Bria, how you doing? Are you okay? Is there anything you want to tell mommy? How you feeling today? I'm sure she get, I get on her nerves, but that's important to me because she don't have that experience anymore. She was in kindergarten when the yeah. pandemic hit. So that was her first year of school. She was getting acclimated. She was making friends. She was getting, you know, that, that school experience and it's gone now. So now I got to pick up the slack. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Now I got to pay attention and make sure that my child is not mentally affected by having to be in these four walls 24 hours a day, seven days a week for the last eight months. That's a lot. It is. It's a lot. With kids struggling from being isolated from their friends and the scales of work and life unbalanced, my friends and I saw the importance of maintaining routine mental health check-in. Are you checking in with your family and friends? Because you should. Percent honest. I help my kids skip sometimes because I can't take it. Like I've gone off on the school a thousand times. Like, check this out. Stop emailing me that they wasn't in school today. I was fully aware when they were sleeping in their rooms. Okay. (laughs) Because this is too much to bear on them. They have no interaction with anyone. You guys won't let them interact in the Zoom classes because you just want to get in and get out so you can get back to whatever you're not doing. We don't have no Zoom class. And I can't understand that. And I'm going to be honest with you. We live in Arizona, and this is about the laziest state I've ever seen do an educational program because in the beginning, I'm like you. My baby was in kindergarten, and I'll be dang if my baby can't read. We'll square up, and i let the teacher know that. So in the beginning, this was new. You guys never did online instruction before. Totally understandable. But you guys had a whole summer to prepare. You telling me you couldn't call Primavera and be like, so what y'all do? Let us in. There was something There's more so that could have been programs They could have called and asked that. There All of them. So many. It, to get it together so that these kids are not failing. And I had to bring them to a meeting and ask and to let them know, what are y'all doing? Because the hour is not enough for hey, a operator. No, we on our own. You know, I, have to, I have to literally be her teacher. Her teacher. And I'm, I'm sorry. You, I ain't going to tell you. I did her social studies homework the day I showed oh. me when I was out of town. And a bitch got a 60%. How I get a 60% of a grade social studies damn assignment? Bro, I was mad as fuck. <laughs> I do LJ's work all the time. And the teacher be like, you have to put it in your own handwriting. I'll be dang. He can't write no paragraph and he didn't learn how to read. What are you? How does this go hand in hand? When it comes to virtual learning, I think we can all agree it's kind of ghetto. But with this ever-changing environment, there was really no right or wrong way to approach it. So go ahead and give your learners, the teachers, and especially yourself, some grace and mercy. And while you're at it, go ahead and give yourself a round of applause because I know you're killing it. Any tip 
Moving into 2021, knowing that we are still in the in a global pandemic. I'm trying to think. Okay, so the question was, what tips or tricks do you have for other moms as far as as what? Like, in the pandemic, going into next year, like what is the one thing that you could just, if you could tell somebody, listen, what like if you could prepare somebody, what would you say? Two things. Okay. First, make sure you check in with your children emotionally. Okay. Make sure they are okay. Make sure they know that, you know, we in this together. Make sure they know that, you know, it might, I can't say it won't last forever. I don't know. But just check in with your kids emotionally um, and be present with, be present with your children because they don't, they don't know what's going on. They kind of in the motions with you. That's one. And number two, of course, you know, I'm going to say a side hustle. I don't care if you do or do nails, clean house, I mean, something. Get you a side hustle that can pay a bill. If I had a tip or tips, I would say definitely stay on top of your mental health. That's very, very, very important. Yes. Because once you check out, there is no turning back. Also, just Enjoy your family. Yeah. As much as it is, mm-hmm. we're all in here together. Yeah. Um, and it get, it does get stressful. And I know, like I said before, I've been drinking and doing all kinds of other stuff. Um, but don't miss out on your kids. Don't miss out on your family. My girls gave some really good tips. So I'll only add that facing the pandemic, we did not have the luxury of a pandemic survival kit. And everyone across the globe was trying to figure it out together. As we continue to gain pieces of normalcy, remember to be safe and take the necessary precautions to remain healthy. And don't forget to give yourself a break. You are not alone. And if you feel alone, make sure you find someone to talk to. You've been listening to Poor Mom, an interactive podcast. Be sure to head over to our Poor Mom YouTube channel to continue the conversation with your host, Tawana. Love this episode? Subscribe, rate, and review at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Thanks for listening.